Jewish-Israeli Arami El-Hanan and Palestinian Bassam Aramin both lost innocent daughters to violence, either from Palestinian bombers or Israeli police. But in their grief, they've become close friends, even brothers. They're trying to bring peace to the Holy Land and end the Israeli occupation of the Palestinian West Bank. Their story is captured in a documentary called The Narrow Bridge. It has its premiere in Australia this week. Rami and Basama are also in Australia with the group Plus 61J. I caught them before they left Jerusalem and we began with Basam's story. Unfortunately, it was a very black day on the 16th of January 2007. I lost my 10 years old daughter, Abir, to an Israeli border police in front of her school from a distance of 20 meters. And two days later, she passed away in Hadassah Hospital where she born. It was a very normal day. There is no clashes, no wars. Unfortunately, this is how we lose our lives by chance. Yes, how did your daughter come to be shot by an Israeli army officer? Uh, she was in her school the 9.30 in the morning after they finished their exams. It was a patrol for the border police, as usual. And it was a very quiet place. Almost at 9.30, it was uh, shot in her head from the back. She fell down and that's it. It's unbelievable, but this is what happened. Rami, you also lost your beloved daughter, Smeida. What were the circumstances in which she died? It was the 4th of September, 1997, 25 years ago. It was the first day of uh, school. She went down the mall to uh, buy some books for the new year. And uh, three uh, Palestinian suicide bombers blew themselves up in Ben Yehuda Street in the center of Jerusalem. They killed five people that day, including three little girls, including my daughter, Smadar. She was 14 years old. You were both, understandably, absolutely consumed by grief. Any parent, any person, I hope, will recognise that. But what about anger? Were you also consumed with anger? I'll start with you, Rami. Of course you feel uh, angry. You are about to burst out of anger. And it's only natural. I mean, most people feel anger. But then um, after a while, you think, what good will anger do to me? Will it, if, I, if I kill anyone, will it bring her back? If I will cause pain to someone, will it ease the pain? It's a process, takes time. But you need to find uh, ways in order to use this energy of the anger in a positive way. Basam, did you feel anger and rage? Anger, of course. We must feel anger. We must be anger because we are human beings. And I agree with Rami exactly. This anger, we use it as a motivation to spread this message of this useless killing. We are losing our lives for nothing, just to control one another. And it should be stop this this situation so anger is very necessary to use it in a positive way it means this is the motivation to uh, wake up in the morning and start to uh, spread this message of 
peace and reconciliation and justice. Each of you have been combatants in a way in this terrible conflict that has racked Israel and Palestine. Uh, what were your roles? Rami, what was your role as a combatant? I was in a tank unit in the Israeli Armored Corps. I was first sergeant major and I was fixing tanks. And Bassam, you also took up arms in this conflict. How? In fact, I spent seven years in the Israeli jails because I was a big fighter when I was 13 years old. 13? You were a fighter at 13? Yes, of course. We start very early. I don't know if I consider myself a fighter or if I am really a fighter. If you throw stones as kids, if you raise the Palestinian flag, even without knowing what's the effect of this flag, and find yourself in a jail for seven years if you are a fighter. So this is the difference in my case. But because I spent seven years in jail, I consider to be a fighter or a warrior. In fact, I am not. I was a kid, then I find myself as a fighter or a warrior. And this is not a normal situation because most of the Palestinians are fighters or warriors, even if they are only Palestinians in this situation, which is not. What happened to you, Bassam, by the way, when you were in jail for seven years? Because you were obviously extremely angry about the plight of your people, about the Israeli occupation of uh, the West Bank and Gaza, but something happened to you in the jail. It, It didn't make you less angry, but it did give you a different perspective. What was it? Absolutely. Briefly, I watched a movie about the Holocaust in jail, and I don't know anything about this Holocaust. It's the opposite. I hear that it's a big lie. We never know anything about it. We never study anything about it. But after I watching this movie, in spite, I want to enjoy to see this big Hitler that I don't know from where, killing the Jews. Then I find myself crying. It's sympathy with those innocent people. And I want to know more about this event, if it's really happened or it's just, uh, you know, propaganda. After so many years, before 11 years, I make my master's degree about the Holocaust in Bradford University in the UK. Then after that, I start to visit death camps in Germany. Because I believe that if you know your enemy, you can defeat him. If you only hate him, you will kill yourself. So, in fact, I want to know more about my enemy as a tool. Then you find yourself in a different place. Then you understand that if you know more, you act much better. If you don't know, I believe you are a victim to yourself, to your narrative, to your history, whatever. Rami, you also had a quite pivotal moment in your life when you heard that Bassam's daughter had been killed by the Israeli army. What happened to you? I knew uh, Bassam two years before, in 2005. My uh, son, Elik, and Bassam were among the founders of uh, this uh, unique organization of war criminals and ex-terrorists, which is called <laughs> Combatants for Peace. And me and my wife knew it was standing by the cradle of this uh, young movement, and uh, we became very, very close. The fact is that Bassam fell in love with me, and I fell in love with him. And the two families got together very, very close. We came to their house. They came to our house. 
And then on the 16th of January 2007, I got a telephone call saying that Abir was shot at the back of her head. And we drove to the hospital and we sat two days by her bed until she passed away. And for me, it was like losing my daughter for the second time. It was uh, unbearable. It was so very difficult. And then I asked Bassam, what is going to be now? And Bassam said to me, God is testing us. And I carry it with me ever since. Both of your stories of grief are very profound, but what makes it more than a case of two individual men, two fathers united in the grief at the loss of their daughters? Because that is a very moving human tale, but there's something bigger at play here. What is it? What are you trying to convince people of uh, working now for over a decade together? Basam. It's very simple. It's to say that there is no nothing more important in life than kids and sons, our lives. And what we are doing is to survive, is to live. We are born to live and not to die. It's very simple. Always I said that we are killing each other for our beloved Jerusalem, for each one of us, but we meet each other under the ground of Jerusalem. And I am not sure if Jerusalem know who we are. Our lives, our sons, our families is more important than any holy land. But we need to live in free, in peace, in dignity, human rights. Not one control occupy the other. Rami, there's a hard politics here, though, isn't there, in Israel? I think you've spoken about the shift to the hardline ethno-nationalist right, in a way, in Israel. How do you hope your story of as you say, brotherly love, could maybe overcome some of these hardening feelings inside Israel? I do what I do, uh, hoping that people will understand that there is another way, that the price of this way that we are walking in is too high. It's unbearable. The pain is unbearable. And we show and we offer an alternative. We are not come from above. We are not politicians. We are not academics. We come from the people. We are the people. And we tell a simple story which people can relate to and acknowledge and sympathize and understand that it's not written anywhere that we must go on killing each other. For what? That we need to share this land one way or the other instead of sharing the graveyards under it. Bassam, do other Palestinians get angry with you about this relationship that you and Rami have forged? We are swimming against the current. It's very difficult for the Palestinians. And I am, as Rami said, from here. We live under the same condition, the same occupation. But as I said, it's it's not a personal issue. We are fighting together. It's a relationship of partnership against our common enemy, against the oppression and the occupation and the violence which take off the lives of our daughters and sons. This is exactly what the Israelis want, and this is exactly what the Palestinians want. Even the people who don't agree with me, and I totally respect them and I understand them, they respect me. Rami, do you get pushback from Israelis? (laughs) I always say the worst already happened. Sometimes it can be very difficult, especially under this current government and in this 
social climate. And Bassam is right. We are swimming against the current. Nobody promised us a rose garden. It's my duty and my mission to speak up and tell people the truth. And if they don't like it, they can not like it. I mean, what can I do? It's been terrific to speak with you. A real honour. Rami El-Hanan and Bassam Aramin, they're both people who've suffered enormous grief and yet they've come together to try to build people-to-people contacts in Israel and Palestine. Rami, Bassam, thank you very much for joining us on the Religion and Ethics Report. Thank you. Thank you very much. And their trip to Australia and the documentary screenings are organised by Plus61J. And we'll put a link to details at our homepage. And that ends today's show. You can follow us at the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Hong Jang and Anne-Marie de Betancourt. I'm Andrew West. Join us again for the Religion and Ethics Report. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.